You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. Paul basically says this, you want to participate in the power of the resurrection, you're going to have to participate in the sufferings of Christ. The only way to participate in the power of the resurrection, you have to participate in the sufferings of Christ. That's the only way. Listen, I want to participate in the power. I don't want to participate in the sufferings. Is there any way that around that, is that part of the deal? No, that's part of the deal. That's how it works. If we were to be perfectly honest, many of us would rather experience the blessings and power of our salvation without the trials and suffering. However, as Pastor J.D. will teach you in his message today, experiencing the power of the resurrection comes only after we share in the sufferings of Christ, as taught in Scripture. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 78 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. What the entire army of the Israelites under King Saul had been hearing day and night, every day, every night for 40 days and 40 nights. This uncircumcised Philistine blaspheming the name of the Lord his God. And that's not okay. Now keep in mind, David is probably, some believe, in his early teens at the time. And he shows up there. And his oldest brother, Eliab, who I believe is still bitter and resentful because when Samuel came to their home to anoint the next king of Israel, he was the heir apparent as the oldest son. He was a sure thing, slam dunk. And Samuel goes from the oldest to the youngest, as was the custom in that day, it is to this day as well, in the Middle East. Starting with Eliab, all the way down to the seventh brother, David wasn't even in the lineup. He's out shepherding the flock. I really believe that Eliab was bitter towards David, because when David shows up, what does Eliab do? What are you doing here? Go back home, you little runt. And here's David. This man, dare I say kid, who has a heart after God's own heart. And what's, what's his response? Did you hear what he said? What is going on here? Dad sent me to see how you guys are doing. What's, what's happening? Did you just hear him blaspheme God? Let me at him. <laughs> Where, where's Saul? Go home. No, I want to go into Saul. He goes into Saul. Saul, this isn't okay. He's been blaspheming the name of the Lord our God, and I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to shut his mouth forever. What's Saul's response? Come on, David. This guy has been killing people older than you, 
longer than you've been alive. He will eat you for lunch and spit out the leftovers. There's no way. It's not going to happen. And I love what David says. He says, uh, excuse me, Saul, with all due respect. I, I believe David was very respectful to the king. This was his father-in-law to be, by the way. <laughs> this is after, in fact, he sl- slays Goliath. There's, there's two rewards from the king, one of which is that he gets to marry Michal, uh, Saul's daughter. I don't know if that was a blessing or a curse, but <laughs> the second thing is he would not pay any taxes. I'll take that one. I'll take that one. (laughs) So David says to Saul, you know what God did in the past? Do you know how God was so faithful to me in the past, delivering into my hands a bear and a lion? This uncircumcised Philistine is going to be nothing. He was basing that on God's past faithfulness. He had not forgotten what God had done. And maybe that's a word for us tonight. Don't forget what God did in the past when you find yourself in a similar situation, or even a worse situation in the present. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is faithful, even when we're faithless. I think about what Paul said about how And it's kind of a rhetorical, almost a sanctified, cynical way of saying it, even asking it. It it goes like this. You mean to tell me that God, who would send His only begotten Son to die for you and pay in full for all of your sins, God would not withhold His Son from you, Is there anything that he would not do for you? No, think about that. God loves me so much that he sent his only begotten son to die for me because of his love for me. He did not withhold his only begotten son. Is there anything he's going to withhold from me? You mean to tell me that I'm in a situation, it's very difficult, it's very scary. Let's be honest. I'm in a very scary situation, and it doesn't look good. So let's just be reasonable here. God sent his son to redeem me, to deliver me from the bondage and the slavery to sin, and purchased in full offering to me the free gift of eternal life. And I don't think God's going to do this. It's not even on the same scale in comparison. 
I mean, I I think of it this way. We're trusting God when that trumpet sounds for the dead in Christ to rise first, and we who are alive and remain to be caught up to be with Him forever, and we can't trust God for this month's mortgage payment. Does that make sense? That's what Paul's saying. If, if If God's going to do that, why wouldn't He do this? If it's good, God says, it's a done deal. I'm not going to withhold anything that's good from you. If you ask anything according to His will, you got it. You can have that which you ask for. If it's good and it's God's will, He will give it to you. Now here's a question. Here's David. You think it's God's will that he deliver this uncircumcised Philistine into his hands, who's blaspheming his name? Uh, God delivered a lion and a bear into his hands in the past. Why wouldn't God do this in the present? I think it's interesting that G. Campbell Morgan would call forgetfulness sin. (laughs) Yet is not this sin of forgetfulness with us perpetually? By the way, let me just say we're not going to go any further tonight because I know some of you might be looking at your watches going, oh my goodness, we're still on Psalm 78. (laughs) Relax, we're going to, we'll pick it up in Psalm 79 next week. He says, in some day of danger and perplexity, We become so occupied with the immediate peril as to utterly fail to think of past deliverances. Did you catch that? Did you hear that? (laughs) We're so focused on the perilous situation that we're in in the present, we have completely forgotten God's faithfulness and deliverance in the past. That's why a prayer journal is so important. A Psalm 78, if you prefer, is so important because you can go back. And I, I started doing this back in the 80s when I was a young Christian. I was five at the time, so don't, <laughs> don't do them. No, but as a young Christian, I, I started just journaling and, and listing all of my prayer requests. I'm in my 20s at the time. <laughs> Those are the days. I'm a young believer. I'm in my 20s. And I, I've gone back, how many years ago now? Some 30 plus years ago now. And I mean, it is lengthy. My Psalm 78 is pretty long. More than 72 verses, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> and I've gone back And we're talking, let me just kind of give you an example. We're talking about prayer requests for my future wife, who I've been married to for 30 years, known for 32 years. I prayed for her back in the early 80s as a young believer, as a single guy. I was praying, God, bring into my life 
because your word, I know I'm praying according to his will, and God's not going to withhold any good thing from me. And I'm told in the scripture in more than one place that a man who finds a wife finds a good thing (laughs) and obtains favor from the Lord. How about that? So I'm, I'm praying, Lord, I, I want to obtain favor from you. So you say one way I can do that is to find a wife. So Lord, I want you to find me a wife, because I know you'll find the right one, and I won't. <laughs> so you, you, 1986, let's see, I don't know how many years it was later, but there I was in church, good place by the way, And it was a Sunday night praise and worship service at Calvary Chapel, Spokane, 1986. 32, going on 33 years ago. And there I am, man, just praising the Lord, and people are going forward for prayer, and, you know, being the godly man that I am, I'm kind of checking it out. (laughs) In Jesus' name, oh Lord. Hallelujah. Oh Lord. Oh, oh, oh Lord. I, I actually pray this, Lord, if that, she caught my attention. Lord, if that's the one, would you make it so that I can meet her? And then I went back to it. Hallelujah. <laughs> so after the service, I'm out front talking to a a brother, and she walks up. I'm like, hey. No, I didn't do that. (laughs) She says to me, and I quote, you must be Carol's brother. I thought of it after. I didn't say it. Probably glad now I didn't. But I should have said, baby, I'll be anybody's brother you want me to be. (laughs) Is that bad? Oh well. What had happened was, she had just gotten hired where my sister works, and my sister found out that she was a Christian, and said, hey, uh, what church do you go to? She said, I go to Calvary Chapel Spokane. She goes, that's the church my brother goes to. So then she calls me even, she said, I met this really sweet Christian gal. Now, when your sister calls you and says that she wants you to meet somebody, you don't really think too much of it. I mean, you're thinking, okay, I'm sure she's nice inside. And uh, so then when she said that, I thought, this is the one. And as they say, the rest is history. Here's where I'm going with this. I can go back to my Psalm 78 and remember the faithfulness of God so many years ago to do that which only He can. And then I mean, again, the list is long. We would go 10 years unable to have children. They called it unexplained infertility. We would get pregnant, and then we would lose the baby. We have four babies in heaven, plus Noel, five. And for 10 years, and so my my Psalm 78 prayer journal, oh Lord. In fact, I made a vow 
that if God would give me a son, I would sell my business and I would serve him all the days of my life. And that son is 20 years old. And that's why I'm even in the ministry. The faithfulness of God. Just over the years, just remembering what God had done. And, I mean, you fast forward and, I mean, even the, I don't, I wish we had more time, maybe for another time, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you one, one last thing, Linda, okay. Yeah, isn't that terrible when somebody says, oh, ah, never mind. What? (laughs) You can't do that. Okay, I'm sorry. So, Had it not been for my Psalm 78 in my life that I could go back and remember the faithfulness of God over all of the years, I don't know how well I would have done when it came to the acquisition of this property and the renovation of this building. Because there were times where I'm just thinking, oh God, and you want to talk about the immediate peril becoming so occupied with the immediate peril. I was so hyper-focused on this, and it's like God's going, Hello! Don't you remember what I did? Do I, do I need to email you your Psalm 78 to remind you of my faithfulness? How I delivered you out of your Egypt? How I brought water out of a rock in your life? how I parted the Red Sea of your life and delivered you from the Egyptians hot on your trail. How many times? What, I'm not going to do this? Let me see if I got this straight. I sent you my son to die for you because I love you. And you are wanting me now against all odds to miraculously in this building, as you know, is a miracle. You want to miraculously build a building and start a nightclub. No, that's not what you want. Wait, you want to build a building for a church? I'm not going to do that? What are you thinking? Do you you know who you're talking to? Do you know who I am? Is there anything too hard for me? Look what I've done for you. I miraculously, when they said you can never have children, I miraculously gave you eight. You have three. You got five waiting. How's that one? Eight. Did you, I, this is this. Is, I can do this effortlessly. I don't even have to say a word. I can do it. What is your problem? My problem is I forget. That's my problem. I forget past deliverances. Listen, and then we'll close. Lastly, he says, Such forgetfulness is of the nature of unbelief in its worst form. And this one hit me. He says it wrongs God. I don't want to wrong God. And paralyzes our own power. By the way, again, spoiler alert on Sunday, Philippians 3, verses 10 and 11. Paul basically says this, you want to participate in the power of the resurrection, you're going to have to participate in the sufferings of Christ. 
The only way to participate in the power of the resurrection, you have to participate in the sufferings of Christ. That's the only way. <laughs> Listen, I want to participate in the power. I don't want to participate in the sufferings. Is there any way that around that, is that part of the deal? No, that's part of the deal. That's how it works. But that's what happens is we paralyze our own power. And then he says this, it gets worse. (laughs) It is even more evil for us to fail to interpret to our children the divine activity in past history and in our lives for the men and women who face life lacking such instruction are without one of the most valuable forces in its battle. Hence Psalm 78. Oh, how we do err greatly when we don't pass on to the next generation all the wondrous works of God. I'll never forget my youngest son, Levi, saying to me when we were going through this whole building project, he said, I watched what God did. I saw it firsthand. I saw you up here... (laughs) you'll forgive me, crying like a baby, which I was, weeping before, oh God, what are we going to do? Just crying out to God. Oh God, what have I, what have I done to your people? You know, all those verses about, you know, the man who counted the, didn't count the cost, and he didn't have enough to finish, and everybody's laughing at him. Here's the enemy right there going, really? You are the laughing stock of the island. I mean, people are going to drive by that place and go, look at this guy. He thought he was going to put a church there and he bought all 3.1 acres and he's, who does he think he is? No, it's not me. It's who do they think God is? But it was so powerful in his life. And I believe to this day, It changed his life. He said, I saw God provide miraculously for this building. And I mean, it just, it changed everything for him. God is faithful. So then when we're trying to figure out his tuition for college, and college is not cheap. And he says, you know, Baba, I'm doing what you did. I said, what's that? crying? No, he said, (laughs) I'm praying and fasting that God will provide so that I can go to college. I was like, oh, (laughs) I mean, it just, oh, it was so moving. I was so touched. I was, you know, it's been said, it's not what's taught, it's what's caught. And this is what the psalmist, this is what Asaph by the Holy Spirit pens this psalm for is to recount all of the wondrous works of God. The poetry of the Psalms evokes emotions of all kinds. The authors' lives were as varied as their songs, yet each point to truth we can't deny. God is still God, always in control, and forever loving His creation. We can rest in the knowledge that our Heavenly Father cares for us deeply and is supporting us, calming us and providing life everlasting. 
We hope today's teaching on In Spirit and Truth stays with you as you continue on in your day, reminding you of truth and love at every turn. If you'd enjoy listening to more messages from Pastor J.D. Farag, you'll be able to find them on our website at inspiritandtruthradio.com. We do treasure our connection with our listeners. We'd like you to be a part of our social media community. Follow the links on our website to our Facebook or Twitter pages where you can add your thoughts to the conversations while filling your news feed with encouragement and useful information. We'd love to see you here in person at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe if you're in the area too. We hold services every Sunday at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. or come by on Thursdays at 7 p.m. for an in-depth Bible study. Directions can be found on our website. Again, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. If you can't join us in person, we hope you'll find a local church community soon that you can call home. Having a supportive and biblically-based church is an incredible blessing in your faith experience. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll join Pastor J.D. again to continue studying the Psalms right here on In Spirit and Truth.